The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, Poly, Queer, Trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Featuring personalities as their authentic selves, this is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. It's an intimate conversation with people inside the kink and fetish worlds, as well as educators, sex-positive personalities, and other amazing people sharing their stories of what makes them who they are. And now, here is our own wonderful human with the questions, John or as he is known around the kink and fetish community. Hi there, Catsuit. Hello there, Nookie. And to our listeners, welcome. Today we have a brother from a different podcast mother who has amazing chats with sex workers, kinksters, those in adult entertainment, and his unique view on the things that make us happy. So strap on your jetpacks and get ready to take off. Rob Rocket Arngard is a sex worker, sex and kink educator, and host of the streaming video series, The Rocket Review. The Rocket Review, a streaming video podcast where consenting adults discuss sex, kink and BDSM, sexual health, sex work, and the adult entertainment industries. While our conversations are created to build understanding and share valuable information, not all views expressed reflect those of the producers, host, or sponsors. The Rocket Review is intended for mature audiences only. The Rocket Review is a combination of live streaming talk show style episodes with in-depth interviews, adult entertainment industry news, and adult product reviews. Launching their fourth season in February 2022 and getting ready for season five, Rocket and company have now added a podcast version to the already successful streaming series. Rocket's mission is to destigmatize sex and professional ethical sex work by bringing his expertise from that arena to mainstream audiences. It's Rob Rocket Arngard of the Rocket Review on what women and other wonderful humans want. They are the questions that establish the story. Five questions about firsts, bringing back the genesis of the character behind the human. It's the first five, and it starts now. First time you ever heard the word kink and what you thought it meant. Oh, uh, it was actually in Boy Scouts and it was in relation to rope. 
while we were actually working, there was kink, or uh, I, actually, I actually take that back. I think it was probably the first time I heard the word kink. It was in relation to my father was a volunteer fireman, and there was probably a kink in the hose. It would probably not be until I was about 16, 17 that I started understanding that kink has a duality, a dual meaning, and, and one that's also very naughty and very, very not something mainstream. We don't get to talk about that, you know, kind of stuff. So yeah, no, it'd probably be 15, 16, 17 in there. First time someone introduced you to the acts of kink. Oh, 19 it was the first time I had my first like role play experience. Uh, a uh, gentleman was very much into that daddy boy thing. And I've always had, you know, a, a, yeah, a gerontophilia is probably my biggest issue <laughs> in anything. I am always attracted to the older, more, you know, masculine of center presenting folks kind of tendency. Doesn't mean I don't enjoy the pantheon of, uh, of human expression, gender expression and expression in, you know, general. Uh, but that tends to always be my early on, especially my hardwire. And so, yeah, that was the first time, it'd be about 19, that uh, uh, he uh, expressed, would you like to try this out? Is this something you're comfortable with? And I was like, very much. Like, yes, 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 <laughs> please, let's do this. And so, yeah, it was like bondage. It was like, you know, hands behind my back and service daddy, you know, enjoying man scent, you know, um, you know, and getting introduced to uh, masculine of center sex, really, honestly, for the first time, too. So it all kind of converged. Until that point, it kind of just been fantasy, you know. First time you ever spoke in public about sex. Oh, wow. Okay. We're going to have to rewind to 2007 when I spoke at a leather gathering. Um, and it was just on my early days, how I even came to to understand what gay leather was about. Um, and then just a few minutes on my experiences with the gay leather communities, communities and their response to the AIDS crisis. That was kind of one of the first times I remember really ever speaking about sex and sexuality. First time someone heard your podcast and told you that they could relate to it, but you couldn't believe who was telling you. Oh, goodness. Okay. Uh, that would have happened in toward the end of series two. Um, I had done uh, kind of an educational bit that series. So I had gotten more into but talking about the education, especially on the professional side, you know, for professionals, which I am and, and stuff. And, and, uh, and, and, but I straddle that fence between lifestyle and pro. And so I wanted to start exploring that and I'd gotten in with the DomCon folks and it was DomCon LA, August, 2021. Uh, and just, uh, I, I won't use their name uh, just because I don't wanna embarrass them in any way, but somebody very delightfully came up to me and said, your podcast has been transformative. I've been very much able to start embracing some fetishes I've always wanted to explore that I just couldn't talk about yet. And I'm like, oh, I get it. And then I'm leaning in like, for instance, you know like do you want to <laughs> that's because that's literally my natural default is just go okay now tell me more you know like what you know, do you want to do an interview like oh no 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 i'm not ready for that yet and i'm like okay i get that i honor that because again 
uh, discovering that you want to explore something and then starting to actually explore something. As I open and on my show a lot with the question, when did you first discover you were kinky? And then when did you embrace it and start exploring? Because these are really not often the same point in time for most people. First time that Rob became Rocket. Oh, <laughs> so Rocket starts out as a play name in the 90s and morphs and uh around the time i started working on uh, in 20 uh sorry in uh, 2018 2019 i was working on a, a fetish apparel line leather a fetish apparel line and i launched it in february of 2020 um <laughs> much to the chagrin of the pandemic uh i then pivoted into the marketing side, which was this, the show, the podcast. Uh, I'd already been teaching publicly kink-related uh, 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 how-to classes, best practices, that kind of thing. And there, yeah, it just continued to morph from there. Did I answer your question? You did quite well. And when we return on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, we're going to talk about how Rocket and Catsuits podcasts complement each other so well when we come back. We do this show without paid advertisers and provide it to you as a labor of love. If you want to help the show, as well as contribute to Catsuits Conference Fund to get live interviews and teach some amazing classes, you can give at bit.ly slash thanks, Catsuit. Now let's hear from some of Catsuit's friends with some messages for you. Well, hi there, Catsuit. This is Jacqueline Powers, and yes, I really am back, recording new hypnosis files again on YouTube and also on Patreon. For the more adventurous fans out there. And John, I really enjoyed coming on your show so much and finding out that you had your very own experience with my hypnosis files. So if you want to learn more about how I got started with online hypnosis, all you have to do is just listen to my interview on the What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want podcast. Have you ever dreamed of a house that is kink-friendly in every room? Have you ever wanted a getaway where your every desire is contained within steps? In Cincinnati, Ohio, the Wanton Sinners B&B is now open. Two kink-equipped bedrooms, a fully-equipped basement dungeon, and a living room with cages and restraint points throughout. And you can leave your toy bag at home because every space comes with plenty of toys and restraints. Visit Wanton Sinners on FET and follow the links to the Airbnb and Verbo listings. The Wanton Sinners B&B in Cincinnati, where your dreams have a home. The Heart of the Dominatrix. Portraits and Interviews of Exceptional Mistresses. This book is about female domination. This book is about dark corners, both physically and psychologically. This book is for you, 
whether you're a beginner or have decades of experience with BDSM. If you're eager to learn more about power exchange dynamics or are simply interested in relationships and the aesthetics of this world, this book will change your perspectives. Be warned. Visit heartofthedominatrix.com to order your copy today. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Recently, we put together a brand new book called Hearts and Collars, reflecting 20 years in a power exchange relationship. It's 350 pages of what we've been living for the past 20 years. Indeed, and it's got chapters like communication, power exchange and spirituality, how to be a leader, high protocol, becoming a follower, rituals, the new porch time, victim, survivor, and thriver, power exchange and polyamory, submissive versus wife, the practical contract guide, relationship short shorthand, as well as other tools and experiences we've had over the years. Check it out at eroticawakening.com slash hearts and collars. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. We invite you to connect with us on social media so you can follow all the great news about the show. You can find us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, and on FetLife at WWWPodcast. And if you want to follow the host, that's easy as on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife, he is Hi There Catsuit. And now back to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Thank you, Nookie, and welcome back to the program, joined by the man behind the Rocket Review, Rob Rocket Arngard. I say that our podcasts complement each other so beautifully because of a few things. First of all, mine very much seems like a broadcast type thing. Yours is a party. I listened to an episode with Lady Vi. I think (laughs) Mistress Diamond Blue showed up. I mean, it was a party. And you just have fun from the time you turn on the camera or microphone through the end of the show. It's based in uh, the mission and vision at Hole Punch uh, and that what drives the rocket review, what actually fuels the show. Um, it's a it's a it's a it's a belief if I had well, an ideology, an ideology that I carry with me that uh, is no topic is ever so taboo that we cannot discuss it and maybe even punch at it and poke at it a little <laughs> bit too gently with love um but nothing should really ever be so taboo or so serious that we can't enjoy a conversation about it save you know actual tragedy you know and stuff which is also the other reason for the show is i'm trying to prevent anybody from uh uh, uh, wandering into this unaware Mm -hmm. uh you know um and so the show was and does still continue to aim itself at new folks coming into kink bdsm especially the professional or even semi-professional side uh lifestylers who've been in it for a long time and maybe they're starting to cross over and they want to go professional um I, i i didn't find a lot of offerings for that audience when i started researching 
which I didn't do a terrible lot of, let's be honest. It was, <laughs> well, because there's a lot of offerings. There's a lot of offerings, especially in sex education right now, which it seems like the podcast world seems to be where you can go for great sex ed. I'm not even lying. There are amazing professionals pumping it out there. So I was just very honored to kind of be accepted into that growing network. And uh, and so, but thank you. I, I I do try to keep it, uh, you know, fun at the end of the day. Um, uh, it's a video uh, podcast, which is a vodcast, as the, <laughs> the gang likes to start. Remember, Rocket, it's just a vodcast. You don't have to keep saying two words, you know? And I'm like, yeah, because I'm always putting a slash between talk show and podcast. <laughs> My gang, which is a much younger market than I am, they're always just like, no, 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 no. You can just smash the words together. And now you don't. Have, and I'm like, oh, you kids and your, and your acronyms. I love it. I was about to say labels. Wait a minute. You're talking about labels now. <laughs> and my show explores them all. I, I, my, my biggest thing with guests is identify however you want and use whatever language expresses mm -hmm. your self best. Um, I won't be on a channel that won't have me. Mm -hmm. YouTube. Looking at you. Anyway, <laughs> looking at you. Oh, I, 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 I've heard the battles. I've heard the battles. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But I didn't feel like fighting them, honestly. I I, mm -hmm. I took it on the chin and I went, hey, I pushed their I pushed their guidelines. We found out where the line was. I'm gone. No worries. Now I get to be the show. Too hot for YouTube. Uh, <laughs> uh, kind of a situation. And yeah, and, I, and I'm leaning into it. We are in a time where we can discuss things like this, even if YouTube is going to be YouTube or Instagram is going to be Instagram, there has never been a more open time to talk about fetish and kink than there is right now. But it's still one of those things that we almost feel like it has to be hidden. Do mm -hmm. you think we're on the precipice of finally getting people to understand or does the whole political world have to kind of simmer down before we can ever just be? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, you, I agree completely with you that we are sitting at the precipice of the most socially acceptable levels of sex positivity, kink positivity we've ever seen, especially in this country. At the same time, we're also re-experiencing a pushback from the, you know, porn and adult prohibition side. And let's just be clear, that's all. They just don't like anything adult, period. Um, um, they would just, yeah, they'd like us all to go back to being deviancies, <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. Ain't happening. We're not going back. Uh, uh, however, the professional side of adult is really under fire right now politically and professionally. Uh, there's tons of deplatforming. There's tons of, of credit card companies just, just shutting us down, saying, no, we will not process your subscriptions. We will not let you feed your kids uh, or pay your bills. Uh, and so it's making creating ethical adult content, especially fetish content, extraordinarily hard. We are uh, desperate for more ethical platforms. Uh, uh, we're, you know, shout out just for fans. Sorry, I'm just going to be silly in that regard because uh, the, 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 the landscape uh, needs to change. It needs to change. We've, you know, the internet allowed a lot of loopholes. A lot of companies allowed loopholes that allowed 
uh, terrible situations that made uh, the free porn situation uh, what it is today. Mm -hmm. And and so now trying to shift an entire generation or more of folks who grew up on that, it's like, you know, it's hard. It's hard trying to get them back around to understanding that if you're not paying for your adult content, it's quite likely not being ethically created. And the sadness about that is the fact that you can literally put two pictures on Instagram. One of Batgirl, Yvonne Craig, from the 1960s being tied up in basically fish wire or whatever it was. Classic. In in cat whiskers, which was one of my original oh my god scenes. And a person can recreate that and be banned from Instagram. Yep. How does this make sense? You want to know what got me kicked off YouTube? Sure. I brought on an erotic fine artist. And by fine artist, I mean a man with a master's in fine art who works as a professional graphic illustrator for major comic book companies. And we're going to leave that right there. But he's got his own passions. And he has this uh, nom de plume he publishes under. I've had him on the show a couple of times. The second time I had him on, I had a rotator of some of his paintings that are in a show that was just uh, upcoming because we were promoting a show. And sure enough, YouTube had a co-niption fit. Then they went and found my other video interviews with, say, Drubskin of Drubskin Art and fetish artists whom I had on the show numerous mm -hmm. times and who had a rotating commercial on my show all last third, uh, third, third series, series three. Mm -hmm. And so YouTube had a conniption fit. Now, I should also point out that this comes on the heels of six months of them hounding me to use their monetization service. Cause I was, I was well over 10,000 views on about 40 videos at that point kind of mm -hmm. thing. I was quite popular. The channel was growing immensely and they wanted me to start using their advertising monetization service, you know, so they can get their cut. And I was like, no, 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 I sell my own ads. Thanks. Plus you guys like to advertise QAnon and I don't like, some of the things you had, you know, put, put in front of shows, mm -hmm. and uh, and they didn't like hearing that, and they hounded me for six months, and then suddenly my content was was violating uh, things, and I was gone overnight with no recourse, no uh, uh, appeal, conversation, nothing. I never spoke to a human being about it ever, not once. It was very generated boilerplate emails uh, that I received, and so yeah, and without legal representation, that costs an incredible amount of money. You're never going to get that conversation at YouTube or Google, as it were, with mm -hmm. a human being, it's not going to happen. That's the only way you'll get that human conversation is a, uh, and yet this is the, the same place that made Logan Paul an international success that again, spouted QAnon lies and things and conspiracy theories. Yet my show about sex education and showing off the creative power of the human, you know, mind and genius and skill because it's erratic and because it's, you know, no, 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 that wasn't allowed too much. This is what drives me the most nuts is that violence killing people, even though it's just a movie, slashing people, 
terrorizing people, binding them in a horror movie genre, perfectly acceptable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think listeners of my show know that I exude kindness in whatever way I possibly can. Do I watch those shows? Sometimes, especially when I'm in a really bad mood and just can't deal with a rom-com. And yet the people who want to bring some light to someone's day, to allow them to feel joy, to give them the opportunity to just get away for a while, unacceptable unacceptable yeah it I, man i thank you you articulated that extremely well i i don't feel sometimes i articulate uh the value of the connection that i hope this show brings for folks one of the things early on for me as a kingster even as i started finding my community a bit there my early community uh, because i've had many since that point i've gone through different i've evolved through different communities um and stuff and uh and and, and i didn't find a great one first off. i didn't fall in with a great crowd first off i have had i talk about on the show a lot that i had some sketchy early uh interactions that basically the consent you know surrounding those scenarios involved i showed up and then later didn't press charges mm. so you know that was kind of the ball of wax back then but again i wanted to prevent uh, people from going first going through those kinds of experiences i wanted to at least shout out that those existed and you needed to look out for those here's just some warning signs some red flags to look for as it were the next part of that was connecting with people who because i felt so alone growing up mm. in north central texas kinky and queer and punk rock and just didn't fit in with fucking anybody out there it uh, i would have fit in probably better downtown london literally that i fit in in north central texas at that point and um and and uh, and so i would like to make sure that people know they're not alone first and foremost uh uh there's nothing new in the world of fetish that's never been discussed in human history i i, I hate to tell a lot of the new gang that because every once in a while somebody's like look what i invented and i'm like ah that's sweet that you think you invented that but you know <laughs> go ahead and it's stuff but it's not this 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 has existed in in adjacent to human you know sexuality since the beginning of time mm -hmm. you know and, and so for uh, us to sit around and act all arrogant like oh ew it's like i find that that's usually housed in like religion there's usually some evangelical stuff going on in there and i just like Oop, okay not an argument i'm doing anymore i don't do that argument anymore i'm i'm i've got other debates to have i was fortunate enough to get to know the people from clips for sale at fetishcon and anastasia pierce had introduced me to them anastasia had been on my show just a lovely human being and i got to hear some of the stories of the behind the scenes of the things that are going on, the challenges that they have trying to sell their content, the fact that 
they are the ultimate heel in if you were going to use a wrestling term because everybody's upset at them for one reason or the other but they want them to be better and they're trying to be better but the thing that got to me the most in talking to their ceo i said you're providing a platform that more than anything says you're not alone you got a foot fetish you're not alone you have a fetish for someone who enjoys bamboo sticks you're not alone and the fact that i was 18 years old in north texas on harry hines boulevard going into an adult bookstore and finding my first harmony concepts magazine until i found i wasn't alone now you have that opportunity on a daily basis and you don't have to go anywhere mm -mm. to me that sounds like a beautiful world acceptance it's, and embracing everywhere it's been an amazing i've the internet has i i remember early bulletin boards i remember houston alternative lifestyles i was on hal <laughs> for a number of years even until i think it finally went completely defunct um um i think i was even on an early version of fet life you know back in the day and uh it, it's um it has evolved uh, and grown in such amazing ways um, and uniting again uniting people in the understanding that no i'm not alone no you used to have to travel go way out of your way go uh, sometimes even put yourself in possible harm uh to to secure like magazines even that might you know might have advertisements in the back kind of a thing you know back in the mail order days i mean I, I, i'm old enough to quite literally remember this mm -hmm. like remember that that was sometimes the only way fetishes of any kind ever found anyone else in the world out there um and so uh there wasn't even a lot of fetish-based content for sale in many states it was contraband like completely like, you mm. couldn't have anything fetishy you could have a straight up like gangbang you know pictorial mm -hmm. or video vhs cassette but no 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 if she or any partner was restrained in any way and that no 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 that would be no way and is that going to fly in texas hey i remember when they still had to used to mark the toys uh you know like dildos and stuff as mm -hmm. anatomical training models do you remember the, <laughs> the big stickers that they used to have <laughs> this day i tell that to porn store people who are like oh i'm having trouble with the city i was like ah here get a roll of these printed up at vista <laughs> and just slap these on everything and when the <laughs> inspector comes in he's like, hey you can't sell these. like i can't sell an education model come on now of course i can sell an education model shut them right down surprisingly enough <laughs> and uh yeah no again and and and, and again, this was hard. This was hard. You had to go to you had to go to some seedy parts of town. You Terry Hines, dude. Terry I'm from Hines DFW. Boulevard, yes, I'm from fucking DFW. I don't go to Sam Moon unless it's broad fucking daylight. Thanks. I'm sorry. And I know, yeah, 14 years worth of martial arts. And no, mm -hmm. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going down there. Uh, it's a rough part of town. I'm not even gonna lie. Um, uh, talk about disadvantaged sex workers. People put you know in in disadvantage. Yeah, it, it, that's. The kind of situation we're talking about back in that day these were rough places and so the internet is 
ended that. It has made it so much easier for us to connect with one another. Now we have full-on conventions. We've got DomCons, FetCon, we have Exoticas, you know, um, and that's just the public stuff. There are still the pantheon of private clubs that exist that will never utter on an open channel or in a podcast because that's not what they're out there to do. That's not what they're there for. They're there for private members. And I applaud all of these different models you know, uh, of, of kink exploration. For me, it was just easier to, to come out, uh, especially mm-hmm. as a fetish model, fetish content creator, uh, designer of gear <laughs> and toys. It was just easier for me to be completely drop the firewall. It was so hard to maintain it. Mm-hmm. all the time um some regards i'm lucky in that i am uh, uh, estranged from my immediate family who are all still back in north central texas shout out weatherford and uh and <laughs> you know what i'm talking about i've done You've a few been... high school football games in weatherford i know exactly what you're talking about yeah we're the gateway to midland odessa i mean odessa yeah we were the <laughs> Yeah, we we my, used to we used to say about a neighboring city, go west till you smell it, and north till you step in it. Oh snap! Those are directions. Those are le- those are legit directions <laughs> where we grew up, for real. Yeah, uh, 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 yeah, true story. Um, uh, I grew up in a very religiously conservative family. They don't think that about themselves. They they think they're run of the mill. You know, and, and I'm like, no, you're you're straight up Southern Methodist, straight up like die in the bull Southern Methodist, uh, which is just you know like slightly left of Southern Baptist, like you know. <laughs> in fact, my mom's church, you know, they share a parking lot with Baptist Church there locally, and stuff is just easier, you know, that way. And so, uh, uh, so they don't recognize it, but at, once you're out of it and you're looking at it from and through a different lens in adulthood, oh, it's very easy to see the spoon-fed indoctrination and all of the uh, uh it was easy to figure out where a lot of my self-loathing came from very easily <laughs> and uh, to identify it that didn't mean that just simply identifying it made it go away no that still took work and self-reflection uh which i highly recommend everybody do uh often with a professional even uh, big proponent of therapy around my mm-hmm. show big proponent of mental health exercises anything that brings you uh, a bit of bliss Look into that. Look heavily into that. Unless it's harming someone else's consent and life and stuff like that, lean in. Look in. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. So you unpacked an awful lot of stuff there in just a moment, talking about being a fetish model. And then you mentioned earlier that you are a professional. Tell me about that timeline, because I'm finding this fascinating. Okay, so this is, you're going to like this. Fasten your seatbelt and, uh, and zip your cat suit up. So <laughs> here we go. Um, right, look at him. He zipped his cat suit up. Okay, so um, uh, around, oh, it's going to be 1996, 97. I am uh, just out of my first long-term relationship, which was a menage, a three-way back then we were a triad we called ourselves triads at that time especially in the more masculine of center gay leather scene we called ourselves a triad uh it was you know uh, papa bear daddy bear baby bear you know kind of situation and um uh, we weren't the only one in houston in our circle we were one of two different 
poly you know groups back then now it'd be called poly back then we were, again just a, a threesome a triad um and so i'm just out of that relationship i'm licking some wounds i'm super kinky and i'm starting to also want to explore uh switching okay i've been nothing but a bottom at this point exploring mm. kink so this would be by four years or so i'm exploring heavily i'm involved with the community i'm a bit of a community known entity i entertain i do stuff for you know uh, uh events for fundraising and things like that uh, because the aids crisis is still very much upon us at this time we are only at this stage in the timeline beginning to hear about protease inhibitors and what will become later the cocktail here in about three more years we'll start we'll start turning the tide but at this point i'm working in the hospice movement for hiv and aids and i'm very closely related to the gay leather scene i'm just out of this relationship where i had been nothing but a bottom but solid boy and so i'm starting to want to explore this but i'm also working on a mainstream entertainment thing sideline as it were and i'm working as a stand-up comic that's uh, <laughs> beautiful hanging out shout out last stops uh hanging out with uh scott kennedy kevin may god rest his soul um uh, and uh and bob smith back in the day loosely as part of this same little network of gay male comics and we're all doing our shtick and whatever and, and hanging out and um uh i finally meet this gentleman who keeps coming to my show because i wore leather a lot but I never really acknowledged it as part of a lifestyle. It was just a fashion choice on stage. I was trying to be edgy queer guy because we had funny bear daddy. We had bitchy, mean ass Kevin who could just shred your soul and make you thank him for it, for the opportunity. And then we had Bob Smith, man, who was as mainstream as a queer comic could get at that time. He was on uh, The Night Show. The Tonight Show at that point, even. All right, so we had all the players. You know, we had the villain. You know, we had the nasty bitchy. You know, we had Super Home Down, Daddy Bear. You know, we had all of this uh, mix going on, and it was a wonderful environment. Anyway, I developed a fan in a gentleman who took me aside and said, I'd like to introduce you to my dungeon. And I'm like, how do you even know? And he goes, oh, I know. <laughs> it was one of those I know. And I met a man who it turned out was one of Houston's top professional male doms, probably one of the Midwest's top, top professional male doms. And I trained under him and I worked with him for two and a half years and he started taking longer vacations and leaving me in charge. And I worked with him until I left uh, Houston in uh, 2000. Um, we remained friends. I've, I took referrals from him until he passed away six, eight years ago. Uh, and uh, uh, I don't use his name because it would be a disservice to everyone that enjoyed our discretion in our dungeon. And uh, and so, other than owning the fact that that's where I trained and that's where I learned in my you know mid twenties, mid late twenties, my brain's finally starting to fuse. You know, I think it was around twenty five, and 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 finish up, and I'm gelling into it, I'm really leaning into it. And then, so when I get back to Dallas Fort Worth uh, around two thousand. I'm full on switch and I'm starting to really lean into pro. I enjoyed the money. I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed the money doing something I truly loved um, and stuff. And I also got to develop my pro switch side. Even at that point, you know, there, there are, there are players that come and actually hire professionals to be bottoms and switches in scenes and stuff. Uh, there's lots of a growing, there's a growing number of folks that are platonic in their explorations of kink. Uh, for them, it's not 
Right. It's not the uh, uh, it's not the prelude to sex. It is in its own world. It is in its own universe, which I think is fascinating. It's phenomenal. And I love that that growing demographic because it's something I've known about for a really long time uh, and stuff. So shout out to the platonic kinksters <laughs> who this is not foreplay. You know, I mean, again, shout out. Uh, 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 it's a pantheon. It's not, you know, oh, this it's a big swimmy, you know, lots of communities, every reason to get along and work well together uh, under the same umbrellas. But again, at the end of the day, niche is niche, mm-hmm. you know, and you should honor that. So shout out. Professional is obviously i've talked to so many professional dominatrices i still don't know what the plural of that is i'm just going to stick with it and have found it so fascinating to hear the stories of how they started and what they go through now has it been different with you being a male pro or do you face some of the same situations as they did uh okay so let's look at this let me take this in two parts there's the outside world of muggles who have no fucking clue what it's really all about they just know me as the town perv you know kind of a thing uh uh content creator pro whatever uh yada yada uh like everyone else in the industry i suffer that same you know stigma uh that's blanketed on all of us on the inside, on the you know, in the, there is still unfortunately a chasm between lifestyle and professional. Sometimes it's 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 narrowing. I think I mean it's getting filled in every day. I see I, your podcast, my podcast, shows like us that help bridge pros and lifestylers for conversation to help us all understand that we all have the same end means. And pros, if pros are asked to come to like a lifestyle or event in some sort of educational capacity, most all of us are far more professional than to come there shopping for more, you know, that that's not what we're there to do. We're, if we're asked to come and just be at an event until someone really asks, Oh my God, do you have a card? You know, how do I, and I'm like, Oh, here's my link tree. You can find me. I'm well established. You know, yada, yada, yada. I'm not going to shy away from telling you how to find me, but again, I'm not there looking for new clients. I'm going to be very honest about that. I'm not. I'm there to interact. I'm there to network I'm with other people, camaraderize, fellowship, to steal, <laughs> to steal a word from the church for a second, <laughs> to fellowship a bit with other uh, folks, because that's how we continue to grow our knowledge base, share best practices. Uh, 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 hey, look, that's how we police our entire community uh, to keep the bad actors out. I mean, let's. Let's not lie, kink and BDSM especially get used on both the professional and lifestyle side to bait people in for far different reasons. This happens you know, still a lot. And so the more we can be together and start pointing out, the better off we're all going to be. I mean, we're, we're going to be able to keep ourselves safer uh, going forward. That's one of my safety. I'm a big safety nut. Mm-hmm. I always hear from my many of my female friends that guy thinks he's a domly dom i get this i would argue 
that for someone to be a magnificent dominant, you don't have to act like anything. So I, I've spoken with a few different guests over four seasons now of the show about the very distinct difference, the very bold line between being dominant and being domineering. Um, and, and, uh, and being dominant has nothing to do with the, the latter. Uh, I find domineering when it's showing itself, it's driven by ego, it's driven by selfishness. It's driven by, uh, uh, again, selfish desire. And it's not looking at the dynamic as a dynamic, first of all, a free-flowing you know, back and forth. It's not looking at it as a dynamic. It's looking at it as a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my, I'm not a super fan of hierarchy outside of an established role play thing, like in the playroom. You know, keep hierarchy kind of where it belongs, and that's in the realm of fantasy role play, you know, kind of stuff. Uh, 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 hierarchy, even inside like social club structures, I'm not even a super fan of. You know, I, 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 uh, uh, I like to offer a lot of nonprofit startups and uh, uh, an option in their model called a triad, or you have three, a chorus. You elect three people who all have the same power. And they have to have a two to one, you know, quorum on each final vote situation mm-hmm. after whatever debate is allowed, yada yada. And so, um, um, yeah, and 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 diversify that panel as often as possible. Rotate it around. Get fresh ideas on it. Don't let it turn into the panel of elders. Who, you, know, <laughs> you want to throw a, an elder Pi May, you know, style teacher on there? Do that shit, but rotate them back off in like a year, two years, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, don't again, don't let that get stale because that's what's going to keep your organization fresh. That's what's going to keep your group continuing to evolve. Um, yeah, that stagnant board of directors, oh, boy, that just tends to end up staling, getting everything stale after a while. There are two things that kind of fall into that one is the old school person who will never let go about the fact that this is their community and my community and everybody has to run everything through me the other one is and i've seen femdoms femdom communities like this where it's a dick swinging contest with the femdoms who can top who? Who can humiliate a man more? Who can do the most awful thing to someone? Now, some people like that. I'm never going to yuck somebody's yum. But there are a lot more people that are just looking to connect and feel that beauty about what it's like, either in that power exchange or just that true connection. Why don't more people get that? Mm. I I ask myself that very same question a lot. Um, I haven't asked it of myself recently. I've been too focused on trying to go out and explain who we are uh, <laughs> to that set. Uh, I should step back 
and ask it some more. Um, I, I go back to uh, uh, so many folks, especially in, in the United States, they get born into indoctrination so early uh, uh, that their neurology never has a chance to really start building better pathways to you know, better executive breakdown, better investigation, better introspection. Um, uh, um, and, and that that terrifies me because you know uh, uh, that means we keep uh, uh, as we keep trying to move forward, move the bar forward, we keep meeting with this huge sea of resistance. Um, and uh, we only get so many steps forward before they realize, oh, they've eked forward again. We've got to push. Mm -hmm. And they are pushing hard right now. Um, and and it's, uh, it, again, yeah, it, it, it's that secular, you know, robless, the snake's eating its own tail. It's, it's you know, over and over and over again. Um, I would love to see it end in my lifetime. I'm hopeful. I have to hold that hope or whew, it's a gallows. It's a gallows kind of humor coming mm. out of there if it's not. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, uh, in the meantime, I just try to keep my vision in front of me, uh, stay, in, stay in my lane in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, as a cis, you know, male, white male of an age, are, I, I, as a sex worker, I've had incredible privilege. How many professional sex workers get handed hand-over-hand -hand training over a period of years in their 20s? No, that's, that is so rare. That should be a fucking movie fantasy, you know, <laughs> kind of plot and stuff. And, and I think it is even a couple. I think Anne Rice fucking wrote that shit into a book. <laughs> anyway, uh, and, and so uh, uh, I, incredibly privileged. One of the things I try to do every morning is look in the mirror and go, okay, check that fucking privilege, motherfucker. What are you using it for? How are you applying it? Who is being benefited by your privilege today besides you? Uh, and so, you know, as I try to keep asking myself those questions, uh, I keep trying to build this platform and bring on people I find that I think have a great story that they're maybe not even aware of yet. Um, uh, I find myself even uh, doing a first short introduction interview with folks and then coming back later. How you doing? Mm -hmm. Checking in. Um, I'm getting big on checking in. How you doing? Uh, and so, again, it, it's season five is around the corner. I'm already mm -hmm. looking at what that's going to start looking like um, uh, because I have a fan base. People keep keep bringing me more uh, interesting fetishes to explore, more interesting social dynamics to explore. We've even really started ramping up our mental health series this summer. We're going to really be talking about a lot of seasonal affective disorder, event drop, how these things can overlap mm -hmm. and really fuck somebody up. Uh, event drop does not get talked about enough. Uh, in our circles. I think it's just now growing legs and needs to be more heavily understood. Man, I'd love to see somebody in our community throw some research money at some some sassy new young psychiatrists coming up these days that are all about kink and sex positivity. Uh, growing, huge growing number, and I applaud those folks. I've got a little growing nest of them here at, at Northern Arizona University, and I'm like, nurture, nurture, <laughs> nurture, because we need, we need more therapists, period, in this mm -hmm. country especially, but globally, especially after this pandemic, especially after the complete global shift we've all gone through uh, individually and as a society. Uh, and so shout out if you're thinking about 
putting yourself into a student loan debt. Jesus, please do it for psychiatry, psychology. We need more, especially sex and kink aware. That's a beautiful place to take a break because when we come back, we're going to talk about season five and my season three and how we're so excited to be doing another year. It's Rob of the Rocket Review and John of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want converging with you in a moment. Have you ever wanted to try something a little kinky in the bedroom but had no idea where to start? Or maybe your partner just told you they're into water sports, no, not the jet ski kind, and you really want to fulfill their fantasy, but you're nervous. That's totally normal. I'm Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist who's talked about kink in magazines like Cosmo, Playboy, and Glamour, and on my podcast, The Dildorks. My new book, 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do, is a guide to some of the hottest and best-known kinks out there, from age play to zapping and everything in between. Each section offers three suggestions for ways you can try out your new interest with a partner or even by yourself. Curious? Order your copy now at 101kinkythings.com and start learning new things about your sexuality. This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book, Yes, Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes, Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think and more rewarding than you can ever imagine. Yes, Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com. You all know I love my cat suits, and the ones that have never let me down come from the amazing winter fetish. I've had some of them for 10 years, and they're still going strong. Specifically made for fetish play, these suits come in only the best spandex or PVC with zippers made for action. You've seen them in the House of Lord and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. And now these suits can be yours. And if you use the code www.spandexcat, you get 10% off your purchase and you support the show as well. And as always, I give you this promo because I believe in what Winter Fetish does. So visit winterfetish.com and use the promo code www.spandexcat and get the cat suit of your dreams from Winter Fetish. Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others. Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. Hi there, I'm Nookie. My pronouns are she, hers, and I'm the founder of Dating Kinky, a different kind of dating and educational site for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Catch me in my own podcast, Dating Kinky. 
And now back to John and their guest on what women and other wonderful humans want. Welcome back to the program, joined by the one and only Rocket, Rob Arnegard. I, during the break, was talking with you about teaching and the fact that you and I both love to teach. And it always seems that in every single conference we go to, there's something about consent. And if you're into kink, at least I'll call a veteran or a sophomore, for lack of a better term, you understand the basics of consent. You were telling me something during the break that I found fascinating when I talked about improv and yes, and. Well, you, yeah, you queued it up. Uh, so the, okay, the foundation of comedic improv, especially in the group level is no one says no to what's going on and you open your next retort as it gets, as the ball gets tossed to you, the metaphoric ball gets tossed to you, you open with, well, yes, and, and that's when you begin to take over the scenario. So I get asked to coach couples quite a bit or even uh three ways you know kind of a situation swinger small swinger pods even have invited me in to talk about their uh, explorations of kink uh you know they got the swing dynamic worked out they've got that part covered they just have never really fused in the bdsm side so uh consent is the basis of this conversation and to and so one of the things i talk about a lot because i get a i get a younger audience that asks hey can you give me five quick tips for negotiating a scene on a hookup i'm like first stop field of red flags waving in a stiff breeze i do not in my own ideologies believe that bdsm scenarios are uh, adjacent to hooking up. I do not believe this is something that you can do in the five, 10 minutes of smooching and making out before you get to the act. If you wanna hook up, hook up. Again, knock it out and then go have a meal and negotiate what you might wanna do kinky wise after you've gotten through the hormonal drive of we need to touch each other now and you know, get through that, have it, fuck, but don't, try to mix your kink in with that fuck on a hookup a pickup where maybe you've met on a lot online on fat life and now you're going to go try to pick each other up uh that could actually begin with the unsexy discussion in fact it should begin with the unsexy discussion what are your hard boundaries what are your hard nose uh, uh you know what's your past with kink What's your past with possible sexual trauma? And yes, I have fucking asked that on the first date. As people go, what? And I'm like, especially before we get into a kink scenario, I need to know, am I about to unbox a whole bunch of emotion you boxed up a long time ago? It's like, I, yeah, these things have to be discussed fervently. Uh, and then, then you get to talk about the sexy part and you get to talk about what you want to do with each other and what you want to explore with each other, because that's the part where then you both are enrolled in the scenario and you both consent willingly and with excitement and, 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 you know, yeah, that's how you do that. You can pick up, but I don't believe you can hook up and kink. I believe you can pick up and kink, but not hook up and kink. Sorry. There's my little ideology. 
I'm going to throw another ideal ideology, take two ideology <laughs> at you. You ever get in the middle of a podcast and suddenly can't talk anymore? It happens, does it? <laughs> oh my God, for real. It's the struggle is real. <laughs> and here is the thought that when bottoms go into negotiation, specificity can sometimes get in their way. Because I believe, and I used to direct television programs like this, I would not say, I want four close-ups here, and then I want you to switch to this shot, and I want you to switch to this shot. I would say, you are a participant in this group. Show me what it's like to be in that. Give me the emotions. Where are you looking? What is affecting you? And make me be the first person that is participating in this. You're never going to get that if you go, I want this shot in particular and this shot in particular. Right. Do the same thing with kink scenes. Because I'm sure men don't like it either if they're a top. Women I know don't like it. They don't want to be fetish dispensers. Right. I want you to do this, <laughs> this, this, and this. And uh, and how much will that be? $24.95. Um, fetish dispensers are people who just dole out and do it with resentment in their hearts, I think. Mm -hmm. They very mechanically right. produce this. Yeah. If you give them a vision, and I always mentioned what mine is. I said, I want to be stuck in a moment I can't get out of. That is a fun conundrum scenario. I like there's oh my gosh, I literally went 10 different directions with that. Mm -hmm. There's there's a million different directions. That's great direction. Look, the only time I like super direction is when a custom content create, you know, a uh, mm -hmm. uh, customer comes to me and I love that shot list. That's great. Yes. That literally yes. lets me know exactly what they want, what their vision mm -hmm. is for that. Uh, but in a custom scenario, one-on-one, -on -one, in-person scene, no, 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 no. Um, I, I always like to tell first-time clients too, in 50 to 100 words, after, of course, the paperwork, the you know, <laughs> worksheet with the check boxes and the yes, no, maybe, you know, so, you know, which is like 48, 50, something. I'm about to revise it. <laughs> um, after all that, I ask you to actually write me an essay, 50 to 100 words explaining just what you said, where you want this what you're seeking out of this. Mostly I'm trying to say what, what's the end game? What's the end mm -hmm. need? Um, I mean, I also have sections on aftercare. What does that look like for you? What can mm -hmm. I, you know, what can I do for you after that? What do you need? Um, I mean, and I offer everything from weighted blankets to, you know, sending you home in a fresh pamper, if that's part <laughs> of the situation. And, uh, and so, yeah, no, and well, and you spoke to fetish dispensers, but, but I want to circle back to yes and for just one second. Please. Um, Another coaching thing I get is, hey, we've been in a dynamic now for quite a long time. We're we skirt around TPE, total power exchange. Here's, you know, this. I get the I get the fundamentals. They seem to be functioning on a very healthy level, but they're getting stale. 
and they're ready to start exploring consent, non-consent, which is commonly mm -hmm. referred to as the no means yes scenario mm -hmm. uh, kind of a thing or faux rape. This is it's it's you know, and I really hate bringing that word into this, but that's sometimes where where people begin trying to look for it, you know, on the on the spectrum of kink that they can mm -hmm. look for. So here's the thing I offer these couples is uh, instead of trying to look at this as a strict consent, non-consent scenario, why don't you actually renegotiate your, che your, your checklists together and this time put, just agree that no one's going to say no to anything on the checklist. Mm -hmm. Set no aside. So it could, so then there, then you are in a, an improv scenario, a yes and scenario. Uh, and then you might find something that was a hard no is suddenly a soft maybe, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. uh, or a firm maybe. And, uh, and, and then later on, because I can tell you right now, my worksheet has fluctuated over the years, hmm. as, especially as a submissive and a stunt submissive. I'm available for content creators and, and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Stunt sub, as I like to, <laughs> like to call it. And so, uh, you know, but I still have a list of hard no's, places I can't go because uh, it could turn into a whole other scene, you know, kind of a thing. And so, yeah, uh, uh, even as a performer, I, I, have to, I have to honor that, my own boundaries mm -hmm. and stuff. But, but as a couple or a threesome or whatever your dynamic is, you know, a group even, if you all agree to set no aside in a renegotiation of your hard nesses and no's, then uh, maybes, you'll find uh, uh, maybe some new maybes in that list and some new places to to explore uh the group by the way also can at the top of show agree to what we call static nose in other words our entire group says no scat or no water sports or mm -hmm. you know and that can be an agreed upon situation if you all want to set that sort of thing aside i highly recommend it too because all this all, those, all of a sudden it turns into a five to you know two scenario you know three to two scenarios like oh Three of us want to explore water sports. Two of us are like, oh, <laughs> uh, no. And then it turns into a pissing match. And then it turns into a pissing match. Well played, sir. Thank well you. played. <laughs> oh, I teed it up. I was hoping for a pissing match scenario. About to start season five. What is your vision in season five? And how excited are you for it? Man. I, I, I'm just excited every morning that I wake up and I'm still doing this, mm -hmm. uh, that people are still interested in what I've got to say or interested in sharing this platform for however amount of time. Um, so here's what I'm looking forward to for season five. Uh, the Rocket Review needs its own web home. So I'm been, I've been shopping around all season trying to talk to different web developers who happen to work in the adult side because there are very specific things that I have to take into account for this, one of which is an age verification check-in process. Um, I would also, what I have envisioned for that is a, a social media side, platform mm -hmm. side to that, where, where kinksters can start interacting both with professional and lifestylers, really dissolve that chasm in that line let pros start talking to lifestylers vice versa also make it a, a a home for educational seminars web seminars i'd like to hopefully in uh conjunction with next season uh start offering uh more monthly regular uh virtual training courses um because one of my goals living in a small uh you know town myself has always been to bring 
a lot of the offerings that urban kinksters in metropolitan areas get freely. I mean, they get all kinds of offering. Uh, I'd like to be, start bringing some of that into these rural areas because they're still rural kinky people uh, and stuff, and they need they need this education just as much as everybody else. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's uh, season five two is shaping up in that I'm going to continue the game stream. Uh, in adding um, uh, a new uh, addition to that called Midnight Mario Kart it starts in season five. And this will be an advice show that centers around uh, Mario Kart tournaments that also bring on psychiatrists, professional sex therapists, uh, and we'll be able to then set up a, a topic during the tourney and then take chat breaks where our guests or even people coming in on our discord channel or even phoning and you'll be able to phone in starting in season five um uh and ask a question uh like old style radio shows like <laughs> fraser back in the day kind of a thing we're gonna Tulsa, go old school hello. <laughs> exactly i'm listening you know kind of a situation not quite that serious we'll try to keep it a little more tongue-in-cheek but i've got but I've been lining up all of this season a bevy of specialists, trauma specialists, sex therapists, ASECT certified uh, psychologists, people writing books, people talking about puberty, how to talk to your kids. I mean, just a pantheon of specialists. And so we're going to start uh, 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 bringing more sexual health conversation in, in season mm -hmm. five. That's, that's a big sexual and mental health, how, how these two things intersect completely especially we're going to start exploring i'm still going to be talking to adult performers i'm still going to be talking to sex workers from around the world i'm i think up for a couple of award nominations next year already nice. it's, yeah it's that i get real weird about uh industry awards sometimes and of course you and i probably both get emails every day about hey nominate yourself for the next you know signal awards or i get that one a lot and uh these are pay-to-play situations where yeah. you pay in to get yourself nominated for well, something the emmys were too <laughs> oh well, exactly <laughs> well i mean dude, let's talk about the oscars for a second i mean jesus <laughs> christ it's like talk about pay to play and uh I, again and i get sketchy i get real weird about industry awards because how did you get nominated for it was it actually peer was it your fans you know and so uh uh, uh i'm up for some peer ones actually some peer-reviewed situations mm -hmm. next, next season um uh, quality over quantity mm -hmm. in season five that's where i'm definitely heading we're going to be trimming it to the quality to the point uh uh i've in series one especially man i did these like two and a half three hour interviews that just rambled i mean just rambled um and don't get me wrong Midori and I are best friends, not best friends, but besties. I mean, but Midori and I are close over that now. We had, mm -hmm. you know, we shared a minute, a moment, uh, in that and stuff. And so uh, I get to call upon a lot of my top shelf guests again, uh, and you'll be seeing them uh, next year. But yeah, that's a, that's that's the vision for season five: uh, more of the same quality over quantity. And I am so glad that you and I got together. And we're able to do a podcast because, as I said, I've been fascinated by the way you approach things. And I love the complimentary way we have where you can talk about the sex and you can talk about all that stuff. And here I am. Uh, I'm jokingly saying sweet and innocent, but it comes <laughs> from the quite literal journalist Larry King style interview 
based on sheer curiosity. I was going to spoof on Larry in like series two. I was going to put the <laughs> suspenders on and get the desk and lean in and was like put the big mic, you know, on the stand again, you know, and stuff. And uh, you, you, you mean know. you mean like this one? Hey, <laughs> don't don't throw shade on the Yeti, man. That. <laughs> That fucker is like top of the list in every podcast, top five mics you should have if you want to think of me about podcast. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I have one running around here. Um, I was fortunate uh, uh, and got a, a deal going with uh, Mackie Audio nice. a while back. Um, and so when I'm in the field, a lot of my field stuff is Mackie uh, based uh, and we'll be continuing going forward. Um, because evidently they're into sponsoring podcasts. No, they have a, yeah, they well, no they created <laughs> yeah they created a whole new yeah they created a whole new line of entry level mics and stuff for that demographic last season last year and stuff and so they're looking to really push this anyway. Sorry, I didn't mean to start plugging a company. Um, uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it. Sorry, I. Farted. That's okay. I was gonna say plug yourself in the <laughs> right way, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well let's see there's the show of course uh, at the rocket review on uh twitter and twitch and then on instagram you can find us uh rocket review show um i don't promote our former facebook channel anymore because we're shutting it down we're getting done with meta mm -hmm. um and stuff that's a that's a thing in season five too is we'll be done with meta I am debating heavily whether I'm even going to keep my Instagram presence. Mm -hmm. uh, they're terrible to adults. Anything related to adults. Uh, I posted a Speedo picture on my at dad's pup adult content side. A Speedo picture. Literally just a Speedo picture. And they had a conniption fit. Just a cat-eyed fucking conniption fit. And I'm like, I've seen straight up bare asses up on, <laughs> you know. Tell Instagram. me about your Olympic swimming coverage. Hello. Thanks. And my floral speedo with bananas on it isn't allowed. Nope, mm. nope, nope. Conniption fit. Yeah, this this is what I'm talking about. It's it's getting really hard to be adult oriented in any way, shape, or form and on some platforms. I've never looked at FaceAke as a place for adult com con conversation or discourse, like ever. I've just I remember a famous I posted a I was in a pair of like Aussie bums like way back in the frame <laughs> and like just kind of holding the edge of my t shirt up and they had a stroke. It's like mm. Facebook had a conniption fit. And I'm like, okay, we're done with this. We're just we're done. Uh uh if I can't even post an underwear selfie, it's like what good is this to me in my endeavors? Nothing nothing at all recently even uh, i had still been broadcasting the show there live uh and they uh, some uh, either someone either went in and reported or they just discovered what my show is about uh but 27 live episodes in a row got reported as spam mm. and taken down with again they will offer no real re mm -hmm. appeals process that's that appeal you do where you challenge they do they, they don't give one fuck i don't think they re-examine it i don't think they mm -hmm. honor it no no and so don't even waste your time or breath if something gets taken down let it go uh, and move on um uh, will, the famous i Sorry, will brag and say that and this may go back to the sweet and innocent thing i have had one thing flagged in all my twitter and instagram 
And it was when I was at FetishCon and Lou Rubens had the double gag that he had in, invented that wasn't two balls. It was one ball with straps that made people get together on it. Oh, I, and I said, nice. this is, I said, this is one of the most incredible things I've seen and they're having fun. Twitter is flagging it as sensitive content, but they didn't take it down. They just oh, flagged and, it as sensitive content. I went, slight victory. <laughs> everything I post these days is sensitive content. Doesn't matter what channel it's on, <laughs> whether it's the show or whether it's my adult content. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely nonstop. Uh, uh, I was I'm have actually have currently having trouble uh, with the auto posting features from my adult just for fans account to my adult Twitter account. They're not, mm. they're not connecting. It's been like, it's been like that for several weeks now, uh, both sides. Just for fans is wonderful. The support team that has been trying to suss it out. Uh, but I'm not the only one that's been going through this. Mm -hmm. uh, it seems to be a site wide issue to some degree. Uh, and they're working hard on trying to figure out what that is, but Twitter isn't always amenable to wanting to work out stuff. They can be kind of cagey. <laughs> a bit bitchy uh look man i've had several adult entertainers on the show who have had lost their twitter accounts mm -hmm. like overnight gone bye-bye uh no recovery option no mm -hmm. appeal no discussion with a human being uh nothing lance charger was on and discussed uh at length what happened with him and then a year to the day uh, or not to the day it was a year to the month or so came back on to announce his full retirement from the industry mm -hmm. for a number of reasons and so uh, yeah, in season four, I said, I'm taking the gloves off because I did nice and sweet in series one through three. Mm -hmm. I did it, kept it, kept it surface, stayed away from any of the hot button topics that, you know, get my blood pressure up. Da, da, da. Nah, season four, I took that shit off. We started talking about bug chasing and pausing and the, uneth the efficacy and unethicacy about how that's creeping its way into the uh, mainstream adult, gay male adult content. Uh, we talked about uh, drugs and sex. And mixing these things together, I bring on regularly recovery specialists mm. to discuss options and resources. Uh, and so I, in season four, I decided, no, 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 we're going to start dealing with the actual hard topics. We're going to talk about sexual violence, trauma, sexual health, what that looks like in outside of the academic, you know, in the, in the executables, mm -hmm. you know, pro, 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 uh, parameter. This is, I love your show. So much fun. <laughs> Thank you very much. And I've really been honored to have you on it and look forward to continuing conversations. Something tells me you and I are going to run into each other in the most beautiful of ways and we'll be able to bring our talents to people together. Knock on wood. Oh, I, absolutely. I would love to do some crossover. Anytime we're going to be in the same event, we've got to talk crossover interviews you know, where we tag team some of the same. Can you imagine you and I tag teaming uh, the likes of Goddess Phoenix or Jean Bardot? Mm -hmm. <gasps> oh, it just tickles my fancy. I think I about may that. have sent somebody a letter about that. We'll talk about <laughs> that later. <laughs> tag teaming, of course, in all the funnest ways. <laughs> Absolutely. And what you're going to do when Catsuit and Rocket run wild on you, brother? <laughs> uh, 
Oh goodness. Oh, so many, so many. Uh, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to talk about all of that offline. You will. And I'm getting you on the show here real soon. Cause I want to show off that Technicolor cat suit here. It's one of my favorites. I will be more than honored to wear that. Rob, thank you so much. Thank you, John. I love the fact that Rocket and I have a pair of podcasts that complement each other so well. He lets it all out in his energetic way, not afraid to talk about anything and me with my journalistic viewpoint. We simply bring two sides to many beautiful stories. Here's what's coming up on the next edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Winner, favorite fetish producer. Winner, favorite fetish short film or clip. Winner, favorite fetish superheroine short film or clip. Favorite fetish superheroine producer. Favorite fetish superheroine performer. Favorite female fetish performer. And winner of the special recognition with her contributions to the fetish industry at the 2022 Fetish Awards. And she tells her story to us. The saucy sweetness of Betty Page with the silly sass of Lucille Ball, the one and only Ludella Hahn, next week on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. A new edition of the show premieres next Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. It's been an amazing season three so far, and with Ludella next week, and the following weeks, featuring the return of Miss McKenzie, European fetish superstar Ariel Anderson, and our 2022 finale, Back in the Dungeon with Temptress Raven Eve. There's so much to look forward to. I'm John, proudly known as Hi There Cat 